Welcome to Chatting with Chemeketa, the show where we talk about everything related to the college. Whether you're someone considering coming to Chemeketa, a current student, an alum, a member of the community, or part of our local business and industry, we've got you covered. I'm Jessica Howard, president of Chemeketa Community College. And filling in for Les Welgos, I'm Marie Hewlett, Chemeketa's Executive Director of Institutional Advancement. And I want to begin today's program by sharing the meaning of Chemeketa. In the language of the Kalapuya, it means gathering place. Long ago, the indigenous people of this area would come from neighboring villages, trade goods, stories, and knowledge. Chemeketa is a place of peace. And the main message it represents is you are welcome here. That's right, Marie. And it's such a wonderful name for what we do in terms of the college, the way we approach our work. One of our values is belonging. And we know that it really makes a difference for all of our students and community members to feel like they authentically belong and matter. And so this is really core to who we are. So it's not a word that you hear all that often. And when I'm actually out and about, I have the opportunity to explain what Chemeketa means. And every time I do so, it's so rewarding because I think it does capture what we do. And so with that, I'd love to introduce our Chief Diversity Officer, Vivi Kalefi-Pritchard, and our Title IX Director, John Mathis, to really kind of talk about what belonging means at our institution. Vivi? Hi. Thank you so much, Jessica and Marie, for having us here. We just are excited to talk about our work and to talk about some exciting things that we're doing with the community. It's good to be here with you both. I'm also very excited to be part of this conversation with you all. So you both have some really interesting job titles, but I don't think they necessarily clue in our listeners about all the things you do at Chemeketa. Can you tell us a little bit about the important work that you do there? Yes, thank you for allowing us to talk about it. My job title is Chief Diversity Officer, and this position has been at the college for over 15 years. And the purpose of the position is really to bring people together to build the community and build the capacity for the college to do the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion, because diversity, equity, and inclusion is everyone's work. So it's about bringing people together to promote that sense of belonging that Jessica was talking about, right? So every student feels that they authentically belong at the college, as well as our employees. And also we are part of the community, right? So how do our community feel represented here at Chemeketa? So this is part of the work that we do in building the capacity in the community within the college so everyone feels included and feels like they belong here. Yeah, and in addition to working with Vivi and doing some work within our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Office, I also am our Title IX coordinator. And so if there's issues of sexual misconduct or gender-based discrimination, I offer support and resources and a process for employees or students to go through that to feel and experience the compassionate response that we have at Chemeketa and to really honor our community as people that we want to feel like they have a full place of belonging within our institution. So I'll have a lot of conversations about that with employees and students and then also offer some educational opportunities for our employees to understand what Title IX means. Well, and you know, community colleges were created essentially back in the 1940s. And the whole rationale behind needing community colleges was that there was a huge sector of our country and communities that was excluded from higher education. And so equity has been part of the community college mission from the very get-go. 
It's providing people who are excluded from opportunities the chance to pursue their dreams and to access the American dream. And so sometimes people think that diversity, equity, and inclusion is some sort of modern concept. It's core to what community colleges are. It just makes it more important, I think, to talk about it and make sure that it's something that we do regularly and foreground in our work at the college. But I think part of what makes the work at Chemeketa so exciting, at least of late, is that we're really thinking about how to promote this work externally as well. And so I wonder if, Vivi and John, you could talk to us about this exciting opportunity. Yeah, so I think you're talking about our uh, cultural competency certificate, which is something that started at Chemeketa in 2018. And it had a primary focus of providing opportunities for our internal staff and faculty uh, to participate in professional development that helps them kind of actualize what it means to do diversity, equity, and inclusion work within the college. It was born out of a requirement through the legislature that required every educational institution in higher education, public institution in higher education, to provide some type of training so we all are prepared for our diverse students and to serve those students. There was a lot of interest internally for the certificate, but also externally. So I often would have conversations with people about it, and they would say, hey, so you're doing this amazing work within the college. I hear about it. When are you doing this externally? Well, so we started our cultural competency certificate with an external focus in 2021 is when we got approval. And I'll let John talk a little bit more about what our external certificate is all about. Yeah, thanks, Phoebe. We are very excited about having this opportunity to offer a certificate that will be on your transcript. It's actually a state-recognized certificate in cultural competency through the college. We have six different focus areas that we focus on in a six-week period of time. So it's self-discovery is our first one, and then we talk about cultural humility. Uh, and with that, we're really looking at engaging how do we live in humility and compassion and understanding different cultures and leaning into the curiosity that we need to have both of ourselves and others. Then we look at anti-racism, really focusing on what is race. Race is a social construct and how do we then understand what it means to be anti-racist within our communities. After that, we look at inclusive spaces. How do we build, if we have this anti-racist lens and this lens of really being culturally humble, how do we build inclusive spaces? And in what ways are we exclusive, oftentimes unintentionally? And then what do we need to be uh, to develop these inclusive spaces? We'll then look at equitable practices. And if we're going to be inclusive and we're going to have this anti-racist framework, what are the ways in which we want to look at our systems and our processes to make sure we are centered on equity? And then we wrap it up with building a plan of action. So we really want to have participants synthesize all of that content and then be able to think about how can I make a tangible difference both in my own life and then my community? So John, that is a lot that you just said, right? Everything from self-discovery to inclusive spaces. What has been the you know, the, the response from our employees internally and then with the external community groups who have said, we need this. What are you hearing? That's a great question. We have had a really strong response. In fact, we've had people who have gone through the certificate have been recommending it to others, both within the community and then internally at the college. There's been a lot of internal chatter and communication about, you really need to go through this. I think part of it is because we take a balance of bringing content 
but then also leaving room and space for discussion and really good conversation where we have a collective opportunity to share our wisdom and then have conversations together about what does this look like to do this within our community, within the Mid-Willamette Valley. So we really personalize it. We like to balance this head and heart mentality where we want to learn. We we know there will be some cognitive dissonance. There will be these times when we learn something and then it impacts the way we think. But we want to allow enough time for it to translate into how you actually feel and live and move in spaces. That's done a lot through conversation and encouragement of, of growth within our communities. Well, and I know that at Chemeketa itself, our Board of Education was really interested in doing this training, particularly because our board represents our community. And so if this was going to be something offered to the community, our board wanted to sort of test it out. And we spent a number of months with the two of you going through the training. And one of the things that really appealed to the board, and I think to many people out in the community, is that it's not just training that kind of stops at some point. It's something that leads to a credential. Is that something you all can talk about? Yeah, and I think John spoke to to it a little bit, and this is a non-credit credential from Chemeketa. And I think one of the things that we want to build within this program is the curiosity for people to want to learn more, right? Because like with the board, we spent six months together. So we did the six separate workshops on a monthly basis. Within six months, right, you can't become culturally competent. This is a lifelong commitment. Mm. And uh, I think our board really got that idea, and they're excited to learn more. I think one of the conversations that we had at the very end was, how can I learn more about different topics, right? We came up with so many different ways that our board wants to continue to be engaged. I think one exciting thing, too, is different groups that we've worked with, they also have been asking, so what is the next step? So they don't feel like they are done once they complete the cultural competency certificate, which to be honest, was one of my concerns in the very beginning that people would participate in the certificate and suddenly feel like, okay, now I'm done. But we've been able to instill curiosity in people to continue to learn, which is really exciting. And now I know we have a cohort running right now, and I'm wondering if you can talk about that. Is that all face-to-face? We have two different modalities in which we're doing this. One is through Zoom and the other is face-to-face. So our Zoom offering, we did both this past winter term and we're doing it currently now in the spring of 2023. We also have a face-to-face this term in the spring of 2023. And we've noticed that people who are doing this on Zoom are coming from all over the state. So it's really helpful to have this opportunity and this modality because this is engaging folks from all over, from Eastern Oregon, Southern Oregon, even Southwest Washington. So folks are excited to do this in a lot of different fields too. We have people coming from higher ed, coming from healthcare, from K-12 systems, from insurance agencies. So this is starting to pick up, and a lot of companies are saying, we want to educate our folks, and we want to have something like this that's accessible to our people, that's uh, engaging and interpersonal, and we're able to provide that both over Zoom and in person. So is this something you can tell us about, like, what is that experience, right? So let's say I'm in your Zoom cohort. What am I doing, and what am I supposed to be doing between meetings, and is it kind of like a class? Yeah, I would say it is like a class. So we'll have a little bit of pre-work before each meeting. So oftentimes it's something reflective that we want you to do to prepare. 
We also will have homework in between sessions. So it'll be about a two-hour session where we'll present some content, and then we have some time for interaction and small groups. But then we have homework between where we ask them to start thinking and coming prepared to have conversations for the next session. So how are people finding out about the program, and how do they sign up? I think the best way is to go to our website. So go to chemeketa.edu and you can just search cultural competency and you will find information on how to sign up. You can also just email us at diversity at chemeketa.edu. Wow. I'm so excited about this because not only is it something that I think the world is hungry for, uh, I think we're also able to do this in a way that is not inherently a divisive experience or topic, quite the contrary, right? And so yes. how, how does this become accessible? How does this become something our community is enriched through? i just so grateful for the two of you for developing this and for making it something the community can take part in. And as we said earlier in the session, this reflects our priority and our value of belonging, which is actually uh, reflected in our very name. So thank you for taking something that's core to who we are and making it something that everyone can participate in. Really, really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for having us on the show. This was an incredible experience. Thank you so much. And we really appreciate the ongoing support that Chemagata offers to make this possible. So thank you. Thanks to both of you. And if all of you listeners, if you want to learn more, please contact us at chatter at chemeketa.edu and we'll answer your questions through email or on an, an upcoming show. We need to take our halftime break, but when we return, we'll be focusing our attention on inclement weather, earthquakes, fires, and floods. Oh, no. We'll be back in 30 seconds with all of this and more. Are you ready to start a new career path? In just nine months, you can complete a certificate in dental assisting at Chemeketa Community College. There is a great demand for trained dental assistants in our area, and starting wages are very competitive. What are you waiting for? Visit go.chemeketa.edu dental and find your pathway at Chemeketa Community College. Welcome back to Chatting with Chemeketa. Joining us in the studio now is John McElvain, Chemeketa's Director of Emergency and Risk Management. It's great to be here today to talk about all things emergency management and my favorite thing, Chemeketa. I have to share a story. So back when John and I first met, it was actually on Halloween in 2019. And I actually dressed up for Halloween with purple hair and a crazy costume because that's what people used to do at the college where I used to work prior to Chemeketa. And I was pretty much the only one who dressed up for Halloween. So I was sitting in this meeting with John, the only one in a costume. And he walks in and I thought, oh, great. Wonderful first impression. He must think I'm off in left field somewhere. Anyway, that's how we started yeah, we, our meeting here at Chemeketa yeah. in an emergency communications yeah, meeting. Yeah, we're talking about inclement weather then. We were, yeah. yeah. So what exactly for our listeners does your position handle? Wow, that's a great question. It's it's interesting because we uh, we wear many hats, but really the main mission of what um, this position in the emergency management and or emergency and risk management department is to ensure that we provide a safe learning and working environment so that Chemeketa students, Chemeketa employees 
our community members can safely pursue their education and experiential goals. And so one of the hats that I wear as the emergency manager is to help the college to prepare for, plan for, uh, respond to and recover to uh, emergencies. And those can be windstorms, ice storms, fires, things like that. So if something bad does happen, that we can get back to what our main mission is, which is providing an educational opportunity for our community. John, I feel like you have described part of the last three years in describing your position. Obviously, we've just been through a global pandemic and wildfires were a part of that and a debilitating winter ice storm here in our region. So I know how very, very active you were for us during that time. And it was sort of like you went from being someone who did an amazing job at the college to really helping us through an incredibly difficult time. Can you talk about that? Thank you. The Pacific Northwest is also sometimes known as the uh, Mother Nature's uh, Wonderland. And so we have a lot of different things that impact us. And through the pandemic, through the, the, the forest fires, through the ice storm, one of our key missions has always been to kind of, uh, you know, again, that, 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 opportunity that it is Chemeketa to get back to the, to, to have that educational opportunity. And so one of the things we are very active in pursuing or in, in, in ensuring, trying to ensure that say, you know, that Chemeketa is a gathering place, but it's a safe place to come to gather. And so what, you know, what, my other hat that I wear is the risk management. We look at, you know, all the moving parts of that Chemeketa is to identify hazards, to ensure that we're in compliance. And there are a lot of moving parts when you think about it. And so for some folks, when they think, safety and you look at it in the workplace oh it's those that slip trips and fall kind of hazards well that's right and you know if you think about Chemeketa we have over 60 buildings two campuses five regional training centers and that's spread across three counties Marion Polk and Yamhill County and you know just the the Salem campus is over 200 acres and you know we've got a, a staff of a thousand strong and so um you know, how I can say that it's a safe place to work is that we have an active safety committee that meets once a month. We do safety, quarterly safety inspections. And over the last year, over the last year, we've looked at over 930, 940 uh, classrooms, offices, common spaces, elevators, hallways, uh, parking lots, um, custodial uh, closets, and things like that, just to ensure that they're safe. And that's why, you know, really, as you as a student or as you as a community member coming into Chemeketa, your biggest challenge is the coursework, is enjoying the event. It shouldn't be, there. Uh, there's not the physical impediments, you know, the safety hazards out there. And so, you know, and, and we like to train our employees. We like to train our um that if they see something that's a safety concern, they can notify us and they can send us an email and we'll get right on that. Um, and also we train our staff, you know, uh, our outdoor staff for, for the, the, the challenges that, that they'll face and, you know, like the extreme heat and the, the wildfire. So we train them on procedures. And one of the things, you know, that's this, that's an Oregon OSHA requirement, but it's a good business practice to ensure that their safety. And one of the things that the college has always done is that you know those business practices that are that we apply those to our students also to ensure their safety. So, like when I was just mentioning the the extreme heat and the wildfire protection, the wildfire smoke protection, we would also notify our athletics teams to take those precautions so that they're being cared for and they're they're being safe. Um, and you know, 
Chemeketa deserves a lot of moving parts to a community college. We have a welding program and all the things, the you know, all the you know, different kinds of um, welding technologies. We have an automotive technology program, a fire program, a um, a nursing program, an EMT, a paramedic program. All of those programs have hazards involved with them. But what we try to do with the you know our our faculty members and our students is to identify those so that they have that great safe learning environment. So, John. I wonder if you could share the kind of thought that goes into what it means to make a call around whether we should close or or open late or whatever when we have inclement weather like snow. I mean, that comes to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. So one of the um, unofficial jobs of your emergency manager is kind of the weather watcher or the, the, weather, the weather person. We have a team that gets up early morning and we monitor the weather. We're looking at roads and really... Um, we want to do what's right. We want to do what's safe. And so, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, sol- I wouldn't call it soldiering, but we look at a lot of different factors that, and to make that decision. And, and over a three county region. Over a well. three county region. Yeah. It's not just one for school that we're looking at. And so we're looking at all these different data points to make that decision and seeing what our peers are doing. Um, and really, you know, um, we wanna, and we and we realize that everyone's you know con, uh, experience is different on getting to campus, and so we really try to make those decisions that benefit the all, and and then really as soon as we can to get them back safely to that educational experience. I wonder if you could share one of the most interesting, I think, chapters at Chemeketa over the past three years, and that was when we had the wildfire and how we ended up being the host location for incident response and for a lot of firefighters, including some from Canada who came down, who couldn't even be near the American firefighters because the protocols around COVID were different. I mean, it was crazy and yet very, very well organized. And we were so proud to be able to play such a critical role. Can you, I mean, you you were really the person who connected us to that whole kind of community effort. Can you talk a little bit about that? I would love to talk about that. I could probably talk to this about hours. And I think one of the things I want to step back just briefly and talk a little bit about COVID and then talk about the college's response, because really that affected our ability, impacted our ability to, um, to host safely the, the fire incident management team that came into Chemeketa. And so Back in March 2020, the college, you know, we, 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 in February, started following this flu like illness um, from across the seas. And then it really impacted. I'm still impressed by the college's ability to, to kind of assess the situation, do the prudent safety precautions to keep our students and our, and our employees safe and our community safe. Um, but you know, we went from one day going like, okay, it's finals is next week. All is well to like, oh, now finals is remote. And then the state came back and said, you can't do face to face. And so then the college pivoted to basically all remote. And we did that for about a quarter and Mm -hmm. a term and, um, that then, then you know, we devised a committee because we realized, hey, we need to get back to face to face. And then we had some of the programs say, like paramedics come to us and say, we have to have face to face. We have to have that hands-on experience to right. get you know our our certificates. So 
we basically we follow the guidance of the Centers for Disease Control. We follow the guidance for Oregon Health Authority. But then we really devised a lot of our own protocols, and we had a committee that would vet those. And there were some classes that came to us we wanted to do face-to-face that we told them no because they couldn't do it safely. But over time, we used those um, criteria and protocol, and, and we got to where we needed to be. And then we kept expanding and expanding and expanding. We provided masks. We did vaccine clinics, and we were really proud of that effort. And so... On a, you know, not to be outdone by a virus, um, nature said, hey, here's a fire that's going to burn up um, the valley. And right. so, you know, I'm driving to work on a, on a, on a, a the, the first day after a holiday weekend. And anytime you see this ominous cloud over the city where you work, that's an omen that things will be different that day. So we got the, the um, we got notice to that, hey, we're going to have my former boss called me and said, we're going to house 400 firefighters in the gym. Oh, what? 400 firefighters in the gym. Well, what that really meant is that we we um, we ended up over the course of two months, September to October 2020, uh, as the incident management command post, the staging base for the Beachy Creek Fire. Right. And so there were 500, um, 500 firefighters, hundreds of, of fire apparatus, a, uh, a mobile shower, a mobile kitchen, uh, hundreds and hundreds of tents, 500 tents in our fields. Lots of vehicles. Lots of vehicles in our parking lots. Um, it was an incredible event. And every day, you know, they would, you know, I drove through the parking lots in the morning. They would be getting their briefings. And then every day they would go up and fight the fire. And every night they would come back and then basically wash, rinse, and repeat until the fire went away. And were they intense on our soccer fields? Yeah, they were in our baseball fields, our softball <laughs> fields, our soccer fields. Sometimes they were between the buildings if they were part of that incident management team. And what an incident management team does is they're basically planning for that day and the next day on how are we going to fight the fire? Where's the priority? What do we need to do today? And so uh, an incredible. And we basically were that continuity because every two weeks a new incident management team is coming in. It's For us, it's almost starting like all over again. But we were that continuity. Like here's your buildings. Here's your parking space. Here's what we can do for you. And I think we had a lot of our own fire protection program uh, students and faculty and alumni who were actually fighting in that fire. So there was sort of layers of Chemeketa involvement in, um, you know, addressing that very scary yeah. threat. And, and, you know, no sooner than we were done with that than in February 2021, nature is again at said, well, I gave you fire, but how about a little uh, ice storm? And so we had, you know, the 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 widespread ice storm that affected the community affected us also. Right. And then, um, you know, and so we're basically trying to recover from a, a, a ice damage for fallen trees and, 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 and debris. But then we got the call from uh, Portland General Electric saying, can we use one of your parking lots as a staging base? And right. so our mighty blue parking lot for about a period of a week was a staging base where the fire, the, the, the power line trucks would come in each day, um, you know, and they would get their supplies and their marching orders and then they're out that and then they would come back and park uh, in, in, in a safe environment. So that's part of the community um, involvement that Chemeketa has for collaboration and being part of um, our community. John, we live in an area that has a pretty significant fault line. What are we doing about earthquake preparedness here at Chemeketa? The big one. The big one. So the big one um, that Oregon Emergency Management Department and most local uh, authorities uh, 
emergency management uh, agencies are concerned about is that Cascadia subduction zone earthquake. And that's, you know, the Cascadia subduction zone is uh, about a 600 mile fault line that runs off the coast from Northern California to uh, British Columbia. Uh, about every 300 years, it has a 7.0 or greater um, earthquake. And we're just past the 323rd anniversary of that last earthquake in 1700. And usually with that earthquake, um, there's a tsunami, uh, you know, a wall of water that comes to the coast. Um, and we're overdue. And so Oregon Emergency Management says we've got about a 30% chance within the next um 50 years of having that quake and you know what we do is we're working on our plans and so that um, our employees know what to do if there's that earthquake um and i think maybe in a future episode i can talk to you about you know what you can do to prepare but don't be i would my takeaway is that please don't be you know concerned and um be concerned with the earthquake, but take precautions what you can do. And in, in a future episodes, I can talk about, you know, building a plan, making a plan, building a kit, and getting and staying informed. Um, and you you can control your response to that. And that's that's the, the, the takeaway I want you to take. I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. And then also to say Jamaica is a safe place to come, to gather, to learn, and to experience. John, I'm just so grateful for you and all the ama amazing work that you do, not only for Chemeketa, but to allow Chemeketa to be that kind of safe place for the community. And just want to reiterate how important emergency preparedness is and how you help keep that top of mind. And for everyone today, I just want to remind you, if you have any questions about what we talked about, you can email us at chatter at chemeketa.edu. You can also send us comments about the show or suggestions for future topics. Again, that email address is chatter at chemeketa.edu. And in our next episode, Les will be back, but it's been lots of fun filling in for Les today. I'm so glad you were here, John. You are a wealth of information, but it's time for you to go back up onto your watchtower. Thank you, Marie. Appreciate the opportunity. So want to thank everyone for tuning in. Want to thank John again. He is amazing and always a joy to listen to. I want to remind you that you are listening to Chatting with Chemeketa, and I'm Jessica Howard. And I'm Marie Hewitt. And we hope you'll tune in again next time. Bye. Bye.